Imagine you're a Brazilian soybean producer located in the state of Mato Grosso, deep in Midwestern Brazil, neighboring Bolivia, and you have clients waiting for your products in China. So how do you get your soybeans to your Chinese customers? First, you have to load up a bunch of trucks to travel 1,600 kilometers to the port of Santos, Brazil's busiest. Then the soybeans will be shipped all the way to the port of Qingdao across the Yellow Sea from South Korea. What would you say if I told you that the drive between your silos and Santos will be more expensive than the ship taking your grains all the way to the other end of the world to China? It sounds ridiculous, but it is true. Brazil-China deliveries are costing about $22 per ton thanks to a higher supply of ships. Meanwhile, internal freights in this country, Latin America's biggest economy, can reach a staggering $150 per ton, according to the Association of Soybean Producers of the state of Mato Grosso. The reason? That's right. Infrastructure problems. My name is Gustavo Ribeiro, editor-in-chief of the Brazilian Report, and this is Explaining Brazil. Ever since the Portuguese arrived on our shores in the late 1400s, the transportation of goods and people within our territory has been a major issue. Infrastructure is one of Brazil's main bottlenecks. The country ranked 73rd out of 137 analyzed by the World Economic Forum's Global Competitiveness Report in 2018. It impacts multiple areas of life. Healthcare, as only half of the country has access to a sewage system, competitiveness, as everything gets more expensive due to higher transportation costs, and even tourism, as travelers have fewer options to move around this gigantic country in an affordable fashion. We Brazilians pay a lot for electricity. Our internet is kind of slow, and our transportation system is ridiculously ineffective. For this podcast, I spoke to Ilana Ferreira, who is a specialist in infrastructure at the National Confederation of Industry, the CNI. I asked her to compare the current state of Brazil's infrastructure to other emerging economies. In the international rankings that evaluate the quality of the infrastructure, compared to other countries such as Chile, uh, China, Russia, or even Argentina, Brazil invests little in infrastructure. We invest about 2% of GDP per year, and this volume is sufficient only to offset the depreciation of the sector. Ideally, we should invest around 6% of GDP to compare with competing countries such as Chile and Russia, for instance. The economic crisis faced by the country generated the need to contain spending and, and led the federal government to paralyze important infrastructure projects. Although more evident in the case of the union, this process of contraction of investments also affected the state and municipal projects, causing infrastructure works to be stopped. That's a huge problem. Last year, the government published a report listing 32 recommendations for Brazil, including a major bump in the investments. According to the document, Brazil would need to invest 8.7 trillion reais, about 2.3 trillion dollars over the next 20 years in order to end the so-called infrastructure hiatus, that is, 
the difference between how much Brazil is investing and how much it actually needs to invest. Just for the sake of comparison, Brazil's GDP ended 2017 at $2 trillion. But how this can be done if the government has been cash-strapped for the past few years? Let's not forget, Brazil has just gotten out of its worst recession on record. Since 2014, the government has been incapable of spending less money than it raises. In 2018, the government registered a primary deficit of 67 billion reais between January and November. With the current rhythm of investments, Brazil would only reach an acceptable level of basic infrastructure coverage for the entire population by the year 2076. And hey, I'm not talking about taking 60 years to have state-of-the-art infrastructure. That's only for the bare minimum. Things like treated water and basic sanitation for all people. In the last 10 years, we have seen major projects of infrastructure that were launched with promises of taking the country to the next level, or PAC in the Portuguese acronym, which was meant to make public investments skyrocket. Michel Temer launched Crescer, which means to grow, a push for more privatizations of infrastructure projects. Despite being very different, these two programs share one quality. They both desperately underperformed. PAC delivered only 17% of finished projects, while Crescer promoted only half of the concessions and privatizations it promised. But why does Brazil invest so little in infrastructure? It's not only a lack of money, as Ilana Ferreira mentions. The main reason for the interruption of works, although we have this fiscal deterioration, is technical problems. So I would say that the most challenging aspect that we have today is the quality of projects. And, and unfortunately, Brazil plays down a significant amount of resources contributed in this sector due to the excess of works that are interrupted before delivery. When you say that the quality of the projects are not very good, what do you mean by that? What are the problems with our projects here? Yeah, first we have a huge problem of planning and management. So we start the works without having a well-done project. What an example of a poorly executed project, the National Football Stadium in Brasilia, built from scratch to host four games during the 2014 World Cup. The construction project that was approved by the local government didn't include a jumbotron, a roof, or even infrastructure for internet. And I kid you not, it didn't even include the grass for the pitch. Remember, this was meant to be a football stadium. By the time it was finished, the stadium was the third most expensive in the world, built in a city with no major clubs able to fill its 70,000 plus capacity. It cost $830 million, an absurd rate of $11,400 per seat. Which brings us to Ilana Ferreira's next point. The other problem we have is that sometimes we have political interest that decides which projects should be started. 
and CNI recommends some measures for the country to avoid this kind of problem. First of all, we recommend improve the micro planning that should consider exactly technical aspects and not political aspects in this kind of decision. We also recommend the to evaluate which type of execution is more, most appropriate. And we also need to better equip our teams, design more balanced contracts. And the most important recommendation, I think, is to strengthen internal control. When straining internal control bodies in the especially in the federal government, is an important tool for improving project selection, which minimizes the risk of downtime. In the mid-20th century, Brazil made a decision to connect the country through highways despite its immense potential for water transit. It wasn't a wise choice. Roads are both the most expensive and the least efficient method of transportation. This is especially the case for a country as big as Brazil, being roughly 14 times the size of France. Brazil may have opted for roads, but it didn't install nearly enough of them to fully connect the country. And those that do exist are for the most part inadequate. The World Economic Forum ranked 140 countries based on the quality of their roads. Brazil came in 121st, behind its neighbors Chile, Uruguay, Argentina, Bolivia, and Peru. The grades given by the forum went from one to seven and Brazil received a measly 2.7, not even qualifying as mediocre. This number is easily explained. Only 12.4% of Brazilian roads are paved, and 53% of our roads are having problems that actually add to transportation costs. Brazilian roads cause losses of roughly $900 million per year in logistics costs. No wonder freight prices are such a hot-bottom issue between truckers and producers. Brazil has experienced the risks of solely depending on roadways to transport its goods. Back in May 2018, truckers decided to stage a strike for better pay. It lasted 11 days and the consequences were dreadful for the economy. The strike has essentially tanked Brazil's economy. Grocery stores have been empty, airports have been closed, and gas pumps have run dry. The nation's oil sector workers are threatening to go on strike as well. So there's no respite for, uh, for President Temer, who already has a 5% approval rating. So things are just going to get worse from here. But infrastructure does not only mean roads and railways for agribusiness production. Energy costs also play a big role as they account for a large portion of industrial production costs. And Brazil underperforms in that aspect too. According to a CNI report, the country has the highest prices for industrial clients among most emerging economies. In the late 90s, Brazil faced major blackouts as the result of poor energy infrastructure. Since, the country has invested in the sector and has made great strides despite still relying too much on one source of energy, hydroelectric power. Perhaps the scare of the trucker strike could help the country realize it needs a better transportation system. I know railways are really important, but think about short term. We need to uh, invest to reduce the depreciation of our roads. 
that doesn't demand a lot of money, that doesn't demand a lot of law changes, and that would cause a huge impact in one year, for instance. I always think about a sector that has a lot of social impacts, and I think sanitation is simply a disgrace in, in our country. I mean, currently about 100 million people in Brazil do not have access to sewage collection. And this impacts production, this impacts our environment, that impacts, impacts water resources. It demands a lot of investment, but with a little investment, you have a, a lot of results. Regulatory agencies in Brazil are often headed by political appointments, which makes it that much easier for certain lobbies to get their men in there. And that becomes a gateway to corruption. But that's hardly the only problem. Certain areas, such as the process to get environmental permits, involve different levels of government, federal, state, and municipal. Each level has its say in a given project. But since the law doesn't determine exactly what is under the scope of which level of government, it is quite common to see different institutions having different positions on the same subject. That's part of the reason for foreign companies to be sometimes worried about putting their money in Brazil. To compensate, the government has, over the past 30 years, given a series of stimulus packages, such as friendly interest rates. But as the money has disappeared, that has become less of an option. So what could be the solution? We can't always depend on government financing. That's... Uh, one challenge for sure. But on the other hand, the problem is that those government companies, they don't work well. The federal government, it wants to deliver a lot of works, a lot of projects, but in four years and many times, as we, we can see in the railways and big plants, infrastructure plants, it's not possible to get it done in four years, consider all the environment aspects we have to consider how complex the project is. So that's why they had unsatisfactory results. For us, it's really important to reduce these companies and to start listening to the private sector and the market. Privatizations were for a long time a dirty word in Brazil. Many such projects were riddled with corruption, but some were extremely positive for the country. I remember growing up in Brazil during the 90s when people used to rent telephone lines. They were so expensive and there were so few of them that to buy one you had to wait in line for months, sometimes more than a year. When I was little, we didn't have a telephone at home, and I remember my parents driving to my grandmother's house to make and to receive phone calls. Some 20 years after the system was privatized, we have more cell phone lines than people, and a total of 84 million smartphones around. The new administration promised to increase privatizations and invest in infrastructure to push for growth and we will monitor their efforts. Have a flight to catch? Or maybe you missed your flight because of traffic? Experience the best way to get to and from the airport with Voom. Voom is an on-demand helicopter booking platform that allows its passengers to rise above it all. 
It is possible to fly between nine different helipads in the city from Monday to Saturday for less than 500 reais. Uplift your commute, uplift your life. Download the Voom app free on the App Store. V-O-O-M. Voom is an Airbus company. If you like this podcast, please take a look at our website. It's Brazilian.report. Every day we have new content about Brazilian politics, finance and society. We've also got exclusive newsletter services if you want to be briefed about what's going on in Brazil before starting your day. Subscribe now to our free trial and enjoy all of our content for 14 days. And it's really free. You don't have to submit any credit card information whatsoever. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter or handle us at Brazilian Report. That's all for now. See you next week. Mm-hmm.